solution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body out line and chalk. I left the institution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body out line and chalk. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome. This is the House to House podcast. This is Amadi, and I'm in here with Ragu. As always, you can get us where you get us, and that is where podcasts are. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes, Google Play, and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. And as always, if you want to connect with us even further, jump into our Facebook group, House to House Podcast on Facebook. Uh, please jump in with your comments, questions, concerns. If you have uh, potential topics that you'd like to hear us discuss, we would love to get your feedback on the show. Um, and if you have the Apple platform, we would really, really appreciate the five stars. If you could get a five-star rating and review, that would be tremendous. Everybody else, please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Hope you've been enjoying uh, the show. Hope you've been enjoying the episodes. Uh, we had a great episode last time talking with Dana um, and Ragu's back by the way. Yeah, back from Texas. <laughs> She's not in Texas. Um, had a great time uh, discussing Honor and discussing Dana's book House of Honor. Again, you can go check that out. That's what led us into some other various conversations because um, conversations can take place off of off air. Yeah, and this is what tangents do. Right. <laughs> lead us to right. another subject. Exactly. Rather than taking <laughs> you all on our tangents, um, this did lead us to to a uh, you know to a new direction. Some things. You know, in the uh, group that we meet with here in Maryland, we're we're doing a study right now on um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book um, Life Together. And we had some really good dialogue the last time we were all together. So we figured, hey, why not drag some of that personal business out here into the streets, <laughs> right? And we'll see. <laughs> and, and let's see how things go. But no, in, in, in all seriousness, um, you know, because one of the questions that I asked Dana, um, it's kind of weird. I should be facing this way. It's just, I don't know. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. We just had some technical difficulties here. Um, one of the questions I had asked Dana just about, those of us who no longer walk in the institution, right, in, in that mindset or, in, you know, we no longer are in the institution anymore, um, we, have, we have the, you know, privilege of having to really walk out some of these things that the scripture, you know, implores us to do, but outside of the institutional context. And honor was the example that I had asked him about because, you know, in, an, in a church, quote unquote, building or institution or organization you are coerced to honor the pastors the preachers the prelates and all you know etc 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 outside of that context oh i have to follow the holy spirit to show honor right and so now there are some other things that we thought were under that same you know that that same kind of umbrella that we just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about today yeah and you know it's great that, you know, the institution does give us some type of guidelines and boundaries to kind of do certain things and exercise, uh, you know, but it's also, it's like taking the training wheels off when you're riding a bike, you know, you want the the skill of, of being able to progressively grow 
to be exercised apart from being just in that particular context or just around those set of people. Exactly. So, yeah, but that's exactly right. It, it's almost like training wheels or, you know, there's, there's the scripture in the New Testament that talks about milk and meat. Mm-hmm. And it's like honoring in that mindset or in that context, I should say. It's, it's like meat. I mean, it's like milk, right? If if I have to, if I'm told you need to show honor to that person or you you better watch what you do around this person. Well, that's like, that's the behavior of children. Mm-hmm. But as we grow and as we mature, I know by the spirit, right? I, I've been trained by my father, capital F father, um, who to honor, who to show honor to. And it's not always the the individuals that carry a title, right? It's my brethren. It is those whom the the Lord has knit me to in in, in spirit. You know, First Corinthians twelve talks about you know the, the body being joined together. And we're knit together. And so those whom the Lord is knitting me together, I should be showing them honor, right? Because we are laboring together. There's a great scripture in Luke um, chapter 8. Jesus demonstrates this. Yeshua, he demonstrates this, you know, very, very distinctly. It's um, so Jesus is in a place. I'm not going to really go through all the whole backstory. Read, uh, it's just after the parable of the sower in chapter 8. But check this out in um, verse uh, 18, 19. So let's let's go to 19, just after he wraps up um, the, the parable. It says, now his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not get near him because of the crowd. So he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside and they want to see you. But he replied to them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. And I thought, I'm like, you know, when I initially read that out, like, honestly, I was like, wow, Jesus cutting sharp. Yeah. <laughs> he is he is cutting sharp there. Now, I don't know what the state of his natural family was at that time, if they were following him, what they were doing. But I think he was making it a point to not necessarily degrade them, but I think what he was doing was showing honor and esteeming those he was with, saying that I'm not just going to toss you guys to the side. You guys are valuable to me as well because you hear the word of my father. And I think that, you know, those of us, again, outside of the institutional context, we have to begin to make it a priority to really engraft these things into our life, these things that are in the Bible. And I don't know, and I don't just mean for informational sake, but I mean actually walking it out. You know, people love mm-hmm. to collect knowledge because knowledge puffs up. Yeah. But I mean actually, no, I'm walking these things out you know, not under the pressure or force of some institution, but I am actually, you know, actively working with the spirit to walk these things out. Yeah, I can definitely see that, Amadi. I think what also you can definitely see very clearly here is Jesus saying, hey, these, this is my family also. Yes. This is clearly my family and I value them as well. And so, you know, these are also treasures that are going to be with me. And I think this can even be... <laughs> be said as if uh, this is one of the instances where where Jesus actually makes explicit men- mention to the family of God. Yeah, exactly. 
though yeah, th- these are my brothers and sisters here who do the will of my father. Again, I, I don't you know I don't know what Mary and his brothers were doing, but I I can only imagine at the time for them to have been like, oh, he's taking this thing serious, right? Because you know sometimes. Your your natural family can feel like, look, you know who I am, right? Uh-huh. I can just come in. No matter what you're doing, it doesn't matter what's going on. Hey, <laughs> hey, this is me. I don't stop what you're doing and let uh-huh. me come in. But, but for the Lord, like you said, to to put that level of emphasis on the the body, uh-huh. right? The the family of God. Say, hey, hey, hey. I'm not just gonna just throw these guys to the side. We're doing the will of my heavenly Father. Just because you're here, okay, we can engraft you. But I'm not just gonna say, oh, get out the way. They're here, but let's all kind of coactively, you know, collectively, yeah. co- I was like, coactively. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what is coactively? Okay. Collectively work together to you know do whatever it is you guys are looking to uh, have done. Yeah, it's almost like uh, Mary and Fam need to be reminded. Hey, did you forget what Gabriel told you? <laughs> I know, right? The angel told you, woman. Come on. Remember, he said that to her on, on the cross. Uh-huh. All that mom stuff was going. He was like, "Woman, uh-huh. <laughs> my time is not yet. My my time is here." Mm-hmm. Um, so there's actually some some other scriptures that we just wanted to look at. But I think you you had a a great statement before we got on air, Goo, about just some of these things because that like I've had some conversations um, with people just recently, and what I have found is how. Particularly, again, these are people who were not walking in the institutional context. And what I've found myself telling them, you know, which are, which are things that I've had to walk out myself, is, hey, listen, the things that you see in Scripture are not lived out in a vacuum. They're not lived out in a vacuum. You know, we think we can isolate this one, you know, concept in the Scripture and live it out in a vacuum and unrelated to anything control else. Control all the environmental right. variables. <laughs> right. There's no variables in life. <laughs> I'm going to do this one thing the Bible says, and it's going to be perfect. And, you know, I find myself being repetitive, telling people over and over, hey, listen, this is not lived out in a vacuum. There are other things going on here at the time when this thing was being said. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure that you're walking in all of the things that are surrounding it if you're looking for this particular result. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, what you're alluding to, Amadi, the, the point that, I was, that, was, that was discussed before, or when we're off air, was the idea that, you know, terms like elder or the, even the term community, because when you think of the word community nowadays, it's, it's in uh, relation to an actual housing development, which is cool. Everybody right. lives in an approximate area. But I think what we're alluding to is more so the fact that a gathering of people that have are all on the same, uh, you know, same mind and heart, if you will. And so these this idea of community is kind of antiquated, if you will, in respect Uh to what we're speaking to. And so, like, if if I were to ask any individual I ran into up on the streets and like, hey. Uh, do you are you a part of a community? Can I come visit you guys sometimes? They would look at me cross-eyed, mm-hmm. guarantee, and they'd be like, "Yeah, that dude crazy." And let's keep on going. And it's funny because that's why. Well, it's not funny. It's ra- it's rather interesting. That's why when you no longer walk in the institutional context, one of, what is one of the first things that people say? Oh, you join a cult, <laughs> right? You must be in a cult because what you begin to do if you're if you're truly desiring to 
live this thing out to its fullness. One of the things that you must begin to do is to, like what you just said, is reach back to antiquity and bring some of these ancient realities into the present, like community. And so when you tell people I'm a part of a community of believers, oh, you in a cult. It's like, no, I'm not in a cult. I'm not in a cult. I still go to work. <laughs> all right, I still go to work. No, nobody comes and takes all my money, and you know we don't all wear the same outfits, but what we are are a group of people who are not forced, but we, are, we have chosen to be committed to one another, right, and to grow together and to re- reflect the, the body of Christ just in our general area, in our little small corner of the earth. But we've done these things by choice. And so, I mean, you're, it's a really good example that you just gave because these, when you bring up these ancient terms that are in the Bible, because you tell people and when they act funny, you say, it's in the same Bible that you have. It's in there. It's not just my Bible that says yeah. these things. Yours says the same thing too. Yeah, and I think we've just been blindfolded uh, because our need for other individuals has been kind of... Uh, not acknowledged or even, uh, like I said, blindfolded or, or darkened out, if you will, right. to the requirement of you know being in fellowship with other people. Because what the institutional church will kind of have you do is just come to this gathering. You may get some degree of fellowship, depending on the size of the, the church or what have you, and all these kind of things. But they don't foster it outside of the four walls. And they may have events and so forth. But I think the the piece that is kind of missing is that element outside of the common meeting place, if you will. Yeah, I mean let's let's just run down a few terms like that, and I mean we're not going to go well in, into depth. But you all listening, you take personal inventory. You know, like the example that Ragu just brought up, community. It's not a term you hear. I'm talking about amongst believers. Believers don't talk like this. Elders. There can't be elders without a community. Right, exactly. It would be silly. <laughs> elders are elders of a community. What we have turned it into is titles within an organization, right? We slap the title of elder on someone who's a part of an organization, but biblically it was mature people in a community of believers are the elders, right? Yeah. Not just someone who's gone through a class. or And again, this is not to denigrate anyone's church. We're not here to do that, so I don't want anyone to take it that way. We're merely just trying to highlight aspects of the scripture that we see and then we turn around and say, well, wait a minute, we have to look at it the way the Bible lays it out and then look at what we're seeing now. And many of us, we see the disconnect, but are unwilling to acknowledge that that, that there's a disconnect. So you have community. Elder is another example. Again, I just had a conversation with someone literally about this topic. They were asking me some things about their marriage, and they were saying, well, what happens when I go to the Lord and I you know, feel like I'm hearing something? And again, these are people who are not in the church context. So this, what we're saying today is not just for people who go to church, but there's a growing number. You can read all about the statistics. There's a growing number of people who are saying, oh, no, I'm, this is a relationship with God. I don't need to go to church. And that's great if you don't want to go to church. But I would tell you, if you think that you're going to live this out in a vacuum, you are sadly mistaken. And I was asking this individual, I said, hey, so you go to the Lord, okay, your wife goes to the Lord, you feel like you guys are hearing different things. And that happens, right? I've been married almost 15 years. It happens. 
You feel like God told you something and your spouse said, well, you know, I'm not necessarily jiving with that. So I asked this brother, I said, hey, man, who are the elders in your lives that you can take this to and be able to have it, you know, sorted out with wisdom and care to, you know, are there people that you are more mature than you who, you know, care for you and are out for your best interest? Silence. Now, I don't do that to denigrate that person, but I get the wheels churning. Exactly. He realized in that moment, he realized, oh, I don't have any. Right. So we leave the institutional context. We say, oh, the church ain't doing this. The church is not doing that. Okay, fine. And you come out here and you start doing your own things, but you have not. You're trying to live it out in a vacuum. Another example. I used to say this pridefully and I'll admit it was pridefully but now I've gotten a better understanding of it one of the things I used to do when when I left the institutional context and then people would ask oh what church you go to right that's you know that's just the, that's the way Christians greet each other they don't say hello they just like what church you go to that's usually yeah that precedes everything <laughs> that defines the concept that's, of the yeah, interaction exactly <laughs> that determines how the how we how we gonna have this conversation and um I used to always say, well, who disciples you? But I would do it kind of arrogantly. <laughs> and I'll admit, it was arrogant at the time. But I understand a little bit better now why that's a question that we have to answer. Who discipled me? Who is discipling me? Again, I get the weird faces when I tell people, oh, yeah, this brother that I disciple or I did disciple. And they're like, say, what? <laughs> it's kind of that, that look like, what? <laughs> did you win the lottery? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is he trying to become a carpenter? What are you talking about? Is he, is he an apprentice? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you have to you have to remind people, hey, these are terms in your Bible. They can come to reality if you let yeah. them. <laughs> if you allow the Holy Spirit, it can be reality in your life. This is a these are terms that are in the scriptures. So when the scripture says, "Go and make disciples," of how did you come to where you are? Somebody had to talk to you. About Somebody it. had to do something. Exactly. So anyway, we could go down the list, but these are terms that I think we have to, you know, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to bring into reality in our lives. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, just thinking about it, this is a thought to, that I was just pondering right now. Like when, when Pentecost hit and, you know, Peter gave his speech and they added, Jesus, what was the number of money? Was it like thousands? Three, yeah, 3,000 I think 3, were added 000. that day. I don't think he... In, I don't think the deliberate intention was for Peter to, you know, go fishing deliberately and draw numbers. I think these individuals were drawn from the truth that he was saying. And then in turn, they kind of like, oh, yeah, we need to go follow this man. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah, that's Acts 2. Yeah, and on Acts 2. So imagine this. on in, in one fell swoop, Peter added more people to the church than Jesus did. It was only 120. He only, only had 120 left. Yeah. Only, now, Jesus fed 4,000. He fed 5,000. But those were just jokers that was coming for the fish and the loaves, right? Mm-hmm. These were people, listen to what it says in uh, verse 41 of Acts 2. It says, they gladly received his word and were baptized. And then on that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. I never heard that. I've never read that in the Gospels. So in one fell swoop, Peter was empowered to bring more people into the kingdom than Christ did in his earthly ministry. Now, we all know Christ is the, the door for all yeah. of us. Mm-hmm. But just talking about in, in, in his earthly time here, right? So what does that mean? There, it was something that was brought to reality. This is the same guy who you know was 
pretty much lying that he didn't even know Christ <laughs> a couple of months before this. And now here he, he is. He was lying. He went fishing. He was like, man, bump this Christ. <laughs> right, I'm done with all I'm of this. I'm about the resurrection. Man, I'm going fishing. <laughs> and so here we are, you know, now just a few months later, and he's, you know, baptizing nearly 3,000 people. So I think it's just things that are, you know, realities that I think we've kind of been numb to. So we were in the institution. We got numb to them. And because we were numb to them, for those people who have chosen to leave the institutional context, you were numb, and now you remain ignorant to them. Yeah, you're completely in the dark on some of the just common things that may traditionally or should traditionally and ordinarily happen, uh, you know, being living, living a life as a believer. But they were kind of, uh, you know, held apart or just create uh, – Shoot, just separated from, you know, while you were uh, kind of in the institutional mindset. So so being able to kind of, you know, come out of it, it's just like, oh, man, you know, this was kind of this was an area that was taken over by what a system had in place. But in reality, this is what I should should be doing, should be taking part of. You know, when you got your first job out of college, right? You graduate and you get your first job when you start getting them first real checks. You're like, whoa! I can make this much. Right? I got money, money, right? <laughs> but if we're not trained properly, we can squander that money, be frivolous with that money, right? And five years later, have very little to show for all the money that yeah, we theoretically if anything. Were, mm-hmm. if, if anything, right? Or we could be trained, and then after five years, of making whatever you're making, you know, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year, whatever you're making. This is not about the dollar amount, but it's about the principle of the training, right? You're in college, you don't really think about that stuff because you're just trying to get an education, you know, whatever, whatever. You get out, you work hard, and you get a job, and it's at that point you now have to employ skills that you may or may not have, and so it's incumbent upon you at that point either to have the skills. Or if you recognize you don't have them, get you need the to skills get them ASAP. ASAP, or you'll find yourself looking back, man, where'd all that money go? How did I waste so much money? Well, the same thing goes in Christ. If I am in Christ and I realize I need to be knit with a group of people as we build the kingdom together, right? First Corinthians twelve that I mentioned earlier, you know, each joint has a supply. Everybody has their own supply. So there's a group of people that we specific, like our calls are meant to complement one another. Those are the people that I should be able to be getting to know, right? We should be building and developing a community together, Mm -hmm. right? I should realize that I cannot grow and mature by myself. I know, you know, one of the one of the the most foolish songs that I've ever heard, and it still to this day just rubs my spirit the wrong way. It was it's an old like you know gospely type song, and it's called "All I Need Is Jesus." All I need is King <laughs> Jesus. That song just does not sit well with me. Mm-hmm. I don't even know who sings it. I don't even know if that's the real name of the song, but I know that there's some lines in there like "All I Need Is King Jesus." I don't need nobody else. And I think really that that's the. That is what we are, are are rocking to. It's like I, you know, that it, it is that kind of mentality that has us where we are now. I don't need other people. I need no one else. As long as I have is, and that is the mentality of trying to take these things in the scripture and put them in a vacuum. Yeah, that, that I think what you're saying, Amadi, is just a, such a great deception that we think that we just need Jesus and me and my scripts, and then uh, 
I can become a mature representation of what what the Lord wants me right. to be. I know that there are things that I got to work out in my own soul. And now, this is not to say that we don't have personal issues because everybody has personal issues. But the point is, is what we are saying is that simultaneously, while God is working on your personal issues, there should be a group of people, a community of people, some more mature than you, some not as mature than you. Some just just about where, where you are maturity wise, that you are growing together, that you are being knit with because we are part of a body, right? And if yeah. we're part of a body, that is a corporate being, that is a corporate entity, right? And these are our realities, right, that are in your Bible, that are in your scripture, that you need to allow the Holy Spirit to make reality in this, you know, in present day. I was about to give the year, but they might be listening to this next year. Who so knows, yeah. who knows what year you're <laughs> listening to this right now? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's where the scripture talks about assembling yourself and being uh, familiar with one another and, 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 you know, allowing us to, to have that kind of synergy, if you will, as living stone being built with one another, because when you don't, then you're isolated pieces and you're easy to pick apart. You ever seen those uh, animal shows where they would um, show like the lion? Oh, those are notorious, Amadi. And they just sit there and they watch the little animals. And then there's always the one little animal with zebra or whatever that starts to straggle away from the group. Next thing you know, boom. You know, Simba and them on him. They on him, right? That's 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 that, that's that's literally the, the the way it works, and so we have to remember that God designed it this way for our safety, right? It's for our growth, for our maturity, but also for our safety, right? That mm-hmm. He doesn't put us on an island, you know, to say, "Hey, figure it out," and just throw. It's like imagine. Listen, I I got an engineering degree. I could have imagined walking into calculus, calculus one. I'd take calculus one, two, and three, but either any of them. The first day, you just walk in. Here's the book. Figure it out. See you on the final. That's chaos. But that's what we do to people. Mm-hmm. Here's the Bible. Go ask the Holy Spirit. Figure it out. That is a vacuum. That is not the way God intended. I was actually reading a quote that somebody put on, on Twitter the other day that Paul actually mentions the term our God like 50 times more that he mentions the term my God to just reinforce that he is our God. He's part of a collective. Mm -hmm. Our God, our God and Father. Go back and read that. That's how Paul writes. He would say our God, our Father, right? Our Lord. He mentions it like 50 times more. It was like the the numbers were, you know, the, the difference in the numbers were like 50 rather than my God, my Lord. But that's what we say. My personal Lord and Savior. Me, 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 me. I think that speaks more to our individualism than necessarily the relationship that God desires to have with us. Does he want one? Yes, but he also wants a collective relationship. Right. I think the the focus, unfortunately, sometimes it gets to the individual part of allowing Christ to become in us. Uh, and excuse me, uh, as far as Christ becoming part of the individual as opposed to the the collective Christ in the multitude of people. And, you know, that, that <laughs> I think that's what happens when, unfortunately, we get stuck at uh, step one of uh, a larger process. And then <clears throat> we remain there 
and no one is able to kind of lend a hand, if you will, to get us to a level of maturity. So I I wanted as as we just come around third base, you know, I was looking up this particular passage. It's one last passage that I was just thinking about as you were talking, Goo, and it was um it's in Hebrews chapter ten, um, where the the writer says a lot of good things, really encouraging us. Um, but if you jump down to like twenty three, it says you know hold fast the profession of our faith. Again, there's that term our. Um, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that is promised. Let us consider one another to provoke each other to good works, to love and good works, excuse me. And then, but verse 25 is what I want to look at. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now we look at that assembling ourselves together is getting together in a church meeting. Don't forsake in the assembling of the saints. All right. Now that very well could be a gathering, could be a fellowship, could be a group of people getting together, community, whatever. I'd like to give you a different way of looking at that. It could also be assembling as in assembling pieces of a puzzle, assembling members of a body, right? Mm-hmm. Ah, that first Corinthians 12 comes back. So do not forsake the way in which God will assemble the body, meaning the people whom you are to be knit to, the people that you could be growing with and you'll be working to advance the the kingdom with. It's very important. And I think that we, for the sake of the gathering part, right, the getting together and doing stuff together, whether it's a church service or whatever, we sometimes will can forsake the assembling as in putting together part. And I think that they're both Critical, two meanings of this of the same mm. word. There, I, th- I think that they're both very important. That definitely uh, illustrates for what I was definitely kind of kind of alluding to earlier uh, about just the assembling and just the making sure that that is part of your your daily kind of experience as a believer is to make sure that you know. I mean, obviously, it's not realistic for one to be kind of <laughs> in fellowship all right, the time, right? But, exactly. But making it a point. To, to do you know oh yeah oh yeah of course because listen how how does it feel when you know somebody only wants to get together with you when stuff is going on but people who you are connected to when stuff is going on if you're already connected it's like, oh yeah let's just keep it moving right so mm-hmm. you know let's not take advantage of each other that way yeah let's but let's like jesus saw his family both spiritually and naturally let's you know value one another so we do thank you all for listening. And hey, listen, if you want to, you know, throw your thoughts about this in the Facebook group, please jump in the Facebook group and throw some of your thoughts in. But this is something that I believe is it's, it's, it's important. And I think that God is bringing this reality to us. And I think it's something that, hey, listen, my son is in here with us. I mean, it's something that yeah. the next generation can can take and and run with. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So we do thank you all for listening. And listen, as you know, as God makes this reality, we will continue to advance our Father's kingdom one house at a time. So for Ragu, this is Amadi saying bye-bye.